To be continued. Episode six. Six. We finally made it. Episode six, honey child. We here. Um, as you all should, may or may not know, my name is E. Brandon. And I'm Brandon. And we're the co-hosts of the To Be Continued podcast. To be, get it, Brandon, E. Brandon? Mm-hmm. Be continued. Absolutely. Um, I think to get started, um, today we're going to be talking about a few things. We're really going to be focusing on our experiences as black men. Mm-hmm. Um, and then we're also going to do a goal update. And then we're also going to, well, I don't know what we're going to do after that. We, we're going to see. We're going to see. All right. So uh, first we're going to talk about, we're going to do our goal check-in first because uh, hopefully it'll, it'll be quick, fast. When Y'all know us. We It might be quick. We might get to rambling. You never know. Yeah, but I mean, it, it is. It has been a while. Uh, was it December? Yeah. Or yes. late November? It, the last time we checked in on our goals was episode... We officially checked in on our goals was episode two. We talked about it a little bit in episode three, and we didn't really go over them in episode four or five, mm-hmm. which just released today, by the way. Episode five. Make sure you check us out. It's about pop culture. Yeah. It was fun. Who else would you bring? <laughs> I tell you who's not going to get left. Only... <laughs> You know my stipulation. You know what my stipulation was. That's it. And I cut that right on out. Amen. Hey. Ian and JP will know. So shout out to Ian and JP. Go listen to it. Uh, tell us what you think. Hey, maybe that'll be in uh maybe that'll be in the in the deleted scenes. Yes. It'll yes. definitely be in the deleted scenes, most right. definitely. But anyway, um go check in. Um so you wanna go first? You wanna go first? Um, sure, I'll go first. Um, so my first goal was personal, and I wanted to um, schedule at least bi-weekly therapy sessions. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, I'm big on mental health, and, you know, especially in the winter months, that seasonal depression really kicks in. Ooh, um, girl. I haven't gotten to schedule those yet, but um, that always stays in the forefront of my mind, so mm-hmm. I'm constantly thinking about um, when that time where it becomes more feasible comes along, mm-hmm. um, am I to make sure that I'm going to be um, ready to set those up? Okay. Um, um, yeah. I want to pause right there just to offer a suggestion because I don't know, maybe something to look into. Does the school system offer um, employee assistance programs like EAP? Yeah, I think you get three. I think you get three. Um, but also I think it has to be in our insurances. Um, yeah. What do you call it? In your network. Yeah. They have to be in the, in the network. And I think my therapist is outside of the network as of January. Um, so I would honestly rather pay and apply for reimbursement because it is someone that I've established a relationship with. Right. Okay. Yeah. Um, but yeah, thank you for that. Yeah, absolutely. Um, my next goal, pause, help me. <laughs> uh, <laughs> podcast goal. Oh, okay. So, um, my podcast goal had to do with getting feedback and improving. So, um, we did make an investment in a podcast microphone. Um, we do have two. So, uh, we'll definitely be improving on audio. And also, we are in the makings of improving on our videos as well. So, um, be on the lookout for that. Um, but also, I admittedly, and I had to laugh about it, one of my good friends, Frank, who um, you'll see in future episodes, um, but 
he came by while he was on work and he was like, um, I'm here to help solve that beeping noise. (laughs) (laughs) And you're trying to figure out how he knew about it. And I'm like, wow. And I didn't realize because I had become so accustomed to it as we were talking. Mm -hmm. I didn't realize actually how loud and distracting it is. So shout out to the viewers who have listened to every episode. Frank's like, I listen to every episode, but every time it's like a beep, it takes me out and I have to come back. And I'm like, uh, but um, he also brought gifts, so he actually brought the batteries to stick into. Come on! Um, but he's like, I can help you put them in if you want. I'm like, I got that. I can do that. But um, shout out to good friends. Yeah. So they definitely, um, they definitely, people are giving back feedback, and so we definitely appreciate it. So we look forward to growing with you. Um, and professional goal. Oh, uh, my professional goal. I kind of. Okay, I let my uh, networks that I started to make at that um, conference that I went to start to dwindle a little bit. So that's my fault. I accept responsibility for that. Um, but I did manage to run into some uh, some of my mentors that mm-hmm. actually I'm in more uh, consistent contact with um, there. And it was kind of a surprise. So, um, you know, it was definitely not wasted. Mm-hmm. Um, and also, I think I've been thinking about things professionally even though I may have not been talking to people outside yet so Mm -hmm. I'm kind of just trying to formulate some things in my head that I can present to other people um, and see where that goes so it's still chugging along even though um, it's not necessarily how I pictured it okay but progress that's all that matters (laughs) progress Progress and growth (laughs) right okay so I guess for my goals, um, my personal goal was to save $1,000. Um, I have started to try to save a little bit. Um, mm-hmm. s- again, progress. Not where I want to be right right now, but also just educating myself on my finances, becoming more literate. Um, also being able to, as I'm learning things, just allow other people to benefit from those things that I'm learning as well. Mm-hmm. So, um, again, just kind of investing in myself, just trying to trying to learn the trying to unlearn these these bad habits that I have so um they're hard yeah <laughs> well, we'll get we'll talk about that here in a little bit um so um started saving but not all the way there yet um my podcast goal was to get at least 50 followers and as of today we have like way over 100 followers on Instagram and uh-huh. but for some reason it's hard to get followers on Twitter and I don't, I don't understand why. Um, I don't know. We still have less than 50 followers on Twitter, so I'm, I'm not sure. So, um, so And the links are, like, all together, but right, I guess it's saying. just a... I don't know. Maybe people... Are people getting away from Twitter? Maybe podcast people don't like Twitter. Let us know. know. And we got... Let I, I don't want to tell you how many likes we got on Facebook. Facebook, we got three... We got over 300 likes on Facebook already. Shout out so, to y'all. Shout out to all of Shout y'all. out to all the faithful listeners, everybody who likes the things that we talk about. We try to switch it up every now and then. Well, not every now and then, but every week. We try to talk about something different. And I promise you that next week on episode seven, we've been talking about it for a long time. But next week, or next episode, we got to talk about it. Imposter syndrome. We've been talking yeah. about it since episode <laughs> one. And every time we're like, well, that's it. We continue. So we're going to have to... We, yeah. When are we going to continue the conversation? So we're going to have to do that. I'm sorry. I just went off on a tangent. Look know, at me. I mean, Look at me. Be great. <laughs> um, yeah, so I guess um, you had your personal, you're still working on yep. um, that. 
your personal, you gave professional and podcast. Your personal had to do with. I gave I gave personal and podcast, not professional yet. Okay, tell me about professional. All right, so my professional goal was to either get a promotion or get a new job. Mm-hmm. Um, I was offered um, a new job at Burlington Kia, but I ended up turning that down for um, one reason or another. Um, personal reasons, I just didn't see the benefits outweighing the the negatives. Right, of, that's of real. It. So that was totally one of the reasons. Um, but <clears throat> I have been on. Well, I've been in cahoots with my district manager about possibly getting a promotion, maybe transferring, not transferring, but getting a promo and going to live on site somewhere. Mm. Um, I've been trying to get a lot of inquiry about that. I see there are a few positions open and just the the pros and the cons of of doing it. And to me, most of the pros kind of outweigh the cons on that yeah, because I never heard of that. You live you live on site at the at the facility. Um, you don't pay any rent. I think they said you only put down like maybe a five hundred dollar deposit. Um, it's usually at least two bedrooms, two baths. Um, wow. Yeah, so it's like it's enough for like you and another person, or like a, a, if you got like a kid or something, you can have your kid live there. Wow. Um, the only thing you pay for is cable and Wi-Fi. They pay for electricity, water, all that. They come with washing dryers, and I'm just like, yo. And they said, and they said they vary from site to site, like wow. as far as like the size. Um, somebody said they've seen one as big as like a separate house, separate from the building. It was mm-hmm. it was like five bedrooms. I'm like, what the fuck? I said, damn. Like, I would, wow. If, if I were property manager at that site, I probably would just work here for the rest of my life because I probably I and I don't have to pay for it. I'd be stacking my chips. Probably would. And th- and that's what I want to do. I want to stack my chips. I just want to. If if I am extended, um, right now I've been I've been talking to the, the guy in Texas. It's the store is like it's like thirty minutes from Dallas, mm-hmm. so I don't know. He asked me had I talked to my district manager. I had talked to him. He was he was um, excited. Mm-hmm. Not ex- I'm not gonna say excited. He was uh, encouraging. He encouraged mm-hmm. me to to go ahead and and if that's what I really wanted to do, to then to apply because at one point I was thinking about going back to Virginia, and then I was just like, mm, I don't mm-hmm. know if I want to go back to Virginia, which we'll get back. We'll get into that here in a minute too. To be continued. Um, so just in a roundabout way, it kind of just it can, everything's kind of come full circle. Mm-hmm. Um, there go that term again, full circle from episode one. Anyway, <laughs> I'm always reminiscing, y'all. I'm sorry, um, but yeah. So we'll see. Um, I tried to see if the stores in Charlotte were going to have any openings but mm-hmm. they kind of backfilling them they might be op- but they might be opening some new stores in charlotte too soon so if that is the case i will try to apply for one of those positions but um if if it happens to work out before mm-hmm. anybody else hits me back because i was looking at texas louisville and louisville kentucky it's copal texas is where the other one copal texas louisville mm-hmm. kentucky and California? Child. I mean, don't cut <laughs> off your opportunities. That's what I'm saying. Like, but I only told my I only told my district manager like Texas. So I've just reached out to all these other people too, and he was just like, "Oh well, you know, I thought you were talking about Texas." I'm like, "Sir, like, can I just keep my options open? Like, <laughs> please, <laughs> can I keep anyway?" I mean, like, when options come open. around, it's nice to keep them. So absolutely. So, I mean, everything is everything, man. Like, mm-hmm. hey, look. Texas, they, they pay the teachers more out there. They pay them more out there. 
You can okay, go out there. If it's two bedrooms, there's it, no rent. You telling Please me all we gotta do me. is all, all we gotta do is split fit, uh hundred dollar uh Please don't tell internet. me because you know I'm not one to just I'm not like a sporadic person. Like I everything has to be planned, but I tell you every now and again, there's just a little spark and it's like, let's do it. And I just go for it. Hey. We'll keep y'all coming. I mean, that's kinda how we ended up with Yeah. <laughs> yeah. To absolutely. be continued. We ended up thinking about it and then we were just like we have to record our first episode yeah start all you gotta do is start the hardest part is starting and i can attest to that even when it comes to like working out and shit the hardest part is starting i need to severely work out and when (laughs) i say starting i don't mean starting as in oh well you just go on one day like you got to get into a a routine yeah you got to start a routine otherwise it's going to be you're going to be faulty on it you're going to be faltering and all this other stuff so Anyway, um, so that's that's my three goals. I don't went off on a tangent. I've been talking for like twelve minutes. It ain't really no. been twelve minutes, but it feel like that long. Um, so my personal goals started saving money, but not there yet. Professional goal, um, getting there hopefully, and then podcast goal. We're there everywhere except Twitter. So, so uh, like you us know what on I mean? Twitter. Follow us. You already know. To be continued. PC. So hit us up. If you can follow on Instagram, follow on Twitter. I mean, right. But no, um, so yeah, we that's our check-in. Um, we'll keep you guys updated. Uh, it, it has been a while. Even though we just put out episode five as we're recording this one, that was recorded like several weeks ago. So mm-hmm. this is the first time we've really gotten to sit together and kind of chill and discuss things. So um I think it deserved a little extended checking. Right. Um, but so our topic uh, for this episode um, is going to focus mainly on us kind of sharing our experiences, black males. Mm-hmm. Um, we're recording this in February, so we'll be releasing it during um, the designated Black History Month. But um, we just wanted to take the time to really. Uh, discuss a few aspects of our black experience and how they've affected mm-hmm. us and kind of generate infra, uh, generate conversation um, with you, the listeners, um, and kind of find that common ground as we kind of exit out of uh, February and get closer to spring and right. all that that brings. Or even if you... Even if you can relate and maybe you have gotten, you, maybe you have done something that we haven't that may mm-hmm. have worked for you. So we, we just here for, to facilitate 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 the discussion and we just want y'all to give us feedback talk to us um you know i haven't checked the hashtag on twitter so maybe that's why people ain't follow us back because i have not checked the hashtag. you could be right i let brandon handle the tortoise hat most often yeah, i have not checked i'm it. not but that could be it so shout out to the followers on twitter that we may have not followed back right. yet you still rock um keep liking and sharing on twitter as well um, well, with that, I guess the first thing we want to talk about are, are the first thing I want to bring up is you know childhood experiences, mm-hmm. um, and how I feel as though your experiences as a child really do shape and mold who you are as an adult. Mm-hmm. Um, there were a lot of things that I experienced as a child that a lot of people did it or didn't have to, and, and you know things like that and. So, just 
I guess looking back on it, just mm. hindsight being 2020, it might low key be PTSD, but I'm not sure. I don't think it is, but I don't know. Because I, I, I've, I've, I've seen so much, you. like, and if I could just list you off a, a, a name of, of things, like, I've seen people get arrested, I've seen people get shot, I've seen people um, robbing people, I've been robbed, I've been like, mm-hmm. the struggle is my, my child, crazy. So much happened. Like, just not living with your parents, with my parents, like, a lot, a mm-hmm. lot. And, I think that experience has both helped and hindered me as mm-hmm. an adult. Um, having to grow up so fast, it required me to become more conscious of who I was and what I was doing at an early age, mm-hmm. as opposed to other people who get to go out and make mistakes and and come back and parents swoop in to save the day. Like. It wasn't like that for me. Like I had to, I had to stay on my shit because, but nobody coming to get me. Right. Don't call me. I'll call you. <laughs> right. Like, and that was that was the the, the narrative that was kind of instilled in me. And I so, anytime somebody came up, oh well, we about to do this. No, I'm good. I'm I'm going back to the house. Like. Yeah. And you kind of develop this spidey sense. Like yeah. You you your response starts to. Yeah. To become a little bit more mature in some cases. Mm-hmm. Like, I think I even find that now. Um, and I think it's just the nature of who I am. But, you know, we talk about being an old soul. And mm-hmm. I think a lot of times that's a, just a mature personality in response to where the world thinks you should be. Mm-hmm. And so it's like a lot of my closest friends now, with the exception of, you know, like you and like my inner college circle, it's like they're probably the same distance from me as they are from my mom's age or some of them may be closer to my mom's age and that's just because I gravitate toward people who I guess are more focused on building Mm -hmm. rather than exploring right and I guess that's because I've always looked to that as a sense of or like a goal Mm -hmm. like being able to be stable and to build Mm -hmm. has always been like my major goal that kind of has pushed me from a kid's point of view into now is like it's pushing me to want to do more and be more right each and every time it's like anything to not be where I was yeah (laughs) pretty much I think we had the conversation earlier about Mm -hmm. It, it's like we we feel like we're running from the struggle, but we'll talk about that a little later. But. I was about to say because, well, overall, like, I guess overall for me, my childhood. If I had to rate my childhood from a one to a five, I'd probably rate it a two, mm-hmm. maybe two point five out of five. And I just and sometimes I feel like I'm ungrateful. Because even though I didn't live with my parents, um, I was still mm-hmm. taken care of. Um, and at, at a certain point, that became on me because mm-hmm. I was offered, you know, to go out and live with them. And I just, I hated it. Like, you know, I was from the city. They was living out there in the country. I didn't know nobody. It was the middle of the school year when I got there. And granted, by the, by the time everything was all said and done, I mean, I'm eating motherfucking brandy. So, <laughs> I mean, you know, I had friends, but I mean... Um, 
it was just it was just weird and just different from me being able to walk out the front door and be able to see people the, the other kids playing my friends like oh hey you know i'm going to see y'all you know walk across the street and you know they're right mm-hmm. there across the parking lot but living out there it was more of it was we it was this this big ass plot of land probably like three acres and just you gotta do all that and then the apartment complex where most all, all everybody else lived was like way across the way and mm-hmm. you have to walk through your yard or somebody else's yard to get all the way over there and like nobody ever came to see me so i spent a lot of time like in my sixth grade year i spent a lot of time in the house like not doing a whole lot on weekends i would go back you know i would you know my mom would you know take me back and you know we would do stuff mm-hmm. but overall it was just i don't think i i mean i just didn't like I, I like I like to go out and play with my friends sometimes, but I had eczema and well I still have eczema, but I have eczema. My grass would break me out, and so a lot of I, I played like football and things like that, but like I was never a fully like outdoorsy kid. I was a nerd. Like I remember for Christmas I asked my mom for like a microscope kit. Mm-hmm. You know, <laughs> I you know I loved like scientific things. I loved sci-fi and things of that sort so you know it was when I think about it it was kind of more of what I have now like Mm -hmm. more secluded but like when I come into the space of people I can I can mesh Mm -hmm. I they don't usually pick up that I'm like sometimes socially anxious at the moment right but we were having a discussion about how it seems like we are stuck in this running from the struggle mode. Mm-hmm. Like where you read something, if you want to mention that, oh, you yeah, read yeah, something yeah. about. Um so yeah, um I was on social media, like I always am, mm-hmm. social media, I'm just scrolling, reading through, and I saw I saw a tweet, and it said, "Some people, all some people know is the struggle, so, mm-hmm. and they don't know how to get out of it. Either they don't know how to get out of it, or they're afraid to get out of it. And that shit just kind of resonated with me because mm-hmm. I'm just it, it, I identify with that statement because I lived in a struggle so long that." It really is all I know. Like I don't, I don't know That's how to, real. Yeah. how to, how to be sustainable on my own or sustain myself. I don't know how to manage my money. I don't know how to, you know, have proper, you know, communication and relationships. I don't, I don't know how to do all that. Like, and I've been, I wasn't taught how to do that. Let me, let me go back. I wasn't taught how to do that as a child, mm-hmm. and so now as an adult, it's just I have to start learning, you know, learning how to do those things that. A lot of other people were afforded at a young age, but here I am, grown as fuck, and just don't know what to do. Do you ever, and it it could just be me, but like, do you ever feel scared of the thought of like having a savings? I'm scared of having money because I feel like I would spend it on something I don't need. I, I think that's me too, and I think also... It's just foreign territory to me. We talk yeah. about like living the struggle. I think, I think it also resonated with me because I think sometimes I override my decisions mm-hmm. that I know are more beneficial to me just because they're foreign to me. 
Mm-hmm. And I don't, I've never had an outcome from them. And so I think like sometimes when we talk about living in the struggle and then we're running, trying to, st- like we're always teeter-tottering because it's like, like you mentioned those habits. Mm-hmm. Those habits that we have are, have become such like natural to us and very innate because it's like, the struggle is basically being stuck in survival mode. And so you're mm-hmm. always having to make a way. And I think mm-hmm. we've never had a moment where if it wasn't us personally, someone had to be making a way for us to, our very survival. Mm-hmm. And so mm-hmm. we're so used to that, that it feels, peace is feels very foreign at times. Mm. Where it's like, I have $50 left in my bank account and not negative five. Yeah. And it sends a panic. It's like, what did I not pay? Or what's going on? Or like something Mm -hmm. has to be wrong because it doesn't seem natural Mm -hmm. when we've worked so hard. You should have money left over. You shouldn't be tapped out or in the negatives every month. And so, Mm -hmm. um, yeah, I think, I I don't think that going back to like talking about like our black experience, I don't think that's foreign to a lot of black people. Where I, I think we've had this generation of the struggle and that produces another generation of the struggle that that's become how we teach our generations. Like the way that we present the world is that you're going to have to survive mm-hmm. instead of here it's are a dog all dog world yeah. out here. And it, 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 it doesn't breed any collectivist culture. And then mm-hmm. for those, you know, of us who may make it out you know it's mm-hmm. like we still have that I gotta be the best mentality mm-hmm. and if you see it differently it, it creates this cognitive dissonance of what I see is not what I believe and what seems right to me and then you get stuck but that's my long TED talk on my TED talk on Listen, uh, the struggle is nothing, nothing to play with <laughs> So if you've never experienced it, I hope you don't ever have to because that shit is is real. Um, but we're also going to be here. What? I just want to say I'm sorry. On the positive. Okay. Because we want to look at that. On the positive, I think we grew. We've grown into very strong people. Absolutely. And we haven't wasted those survival skills. Like we may not make the best decisions all the time, but I think we still have made it out of one situation and we're maintaining another mm-hmm. and focused on moving forward. Right. Absolutely. Agreed. It's like we've we've identified the, the situation and the issues and now we're just trying to figure out how to how to go where to go from here. Right. Um well shit. That that goes right into our next topic, oh, making it out. Hey, trying to look at make it out of the struggle. Like and for, for different people it's different. For some people it's and I, I'm I'm gonna say this, but I have an issue with the military coming to the low income mm. neighborhoods and pushing the military on them as the only way out. And don't get me wrong, and that's how a lot of people make it out. They get into the military, the military don't when you cause once you go into the military, you don't have to worry about anything, pretty much. Mm-hmm. They feed you, they give you somewhere to live if you don't if you live on base, they pretty much provide your clothes for you, like all that. But to me they disproportionately target black and brown kids in these affected areas mm-hmm. and 
they get into the military, even though they have all these benefits, um, they aren't taught how to use them. They aren't taught how to manage their money. So a lot of them are, are broke. Mm-hmm. Um, a lot of them, you know, all they want to do is, is turn up. So it's just like, you know, at what point does all that stop being who you are? Like, when, when do you transform? When do you evolve? And I think what happens to a lot of people is they, they don't know where to go. So they just mm-hmm. continue to keep doing what they know because mm-hmm. they don't know what else to do. And here we are make, trying to make it out. We got to identify those bad habits and just slowly but surely correct them. Like, I, I, if you kind of, sort of. I think for some of us, and I agree with you, and so what's, mine is kind of stemming off of that. But what I think an issue that I find is sometimes the black experience is very heavy. Mm. Like the culture that we carry is very heavy. And so sometimes the negatives that we may think of when we think about being black in America, if we get an opportunity to kind of drop that weight, because it feels like someone's kind of dumped us Mm -hmm. into a river with cement shoes on. Mm -hmm. And it's like we're trying to hold our breath long enough and so that hopefully we can drop those weights but as soon as we drop those weights, what do we got to do? We got to kick as fast as we can to get mm-hmm. away from it. And I think that's where not only military, but I think also athletics comes mm-hmm. into play. Mm-hmm. Like, I'm all for athletics, but I think that's the closest to instant gratification that people can think of when you think of going from poor to millionaire overnight. Absolutely. And I think people invest so much into sports and so there's so much exposure. Like think ESPN is sports. Mm -hmm. So, you know, it's like the fact that sports is such a popular thing worldwide. It's like, that's what a lot of black and brown children see. Mm -hmm. They see those people not only glorified, but they see those people who are able to buy their mama house, Mm -hmm. who wearing what they want, driving what they want. And, when you think about that, that's that's so enticing that a kid is more likely to say, I want to pick up a basketball or a football than to pick up a pencil and be a writer. Mm-hmm. Like, you have 12 million to one people trying to be like LeBron James to Langston Hughes. Both great individuals in their own fields. Mm-hmm. But it's like, so much suffers or not suffers so much goes unnoticed on the good that people can do here because Mm -hmm. for some scientists they don't get a big break right they stay poor for people like teachers Mm -hmm. they kind of stay poor unless they get two person income or a second job or another source of income so you're not going to give back into the community that way usually because you're you're trying to kick as fast as you can away from all that weight and then just breathe And so making it out sometimes comes with this unwarranted guilt because you wonder why you sometimes. Yeah. Yeah. Why me? Like, and I think for me personally, isn't the guilt is more of, I want to take everybody with me, Mm -hmm. but Mm -hmm. that's not the case. And as I've noticed here recently with everything going on with, uh, 
Dwayne Wade and Gabrielle Union yeah. and them supporting their son. And, you know, this has just caused a tizzy, like, all across social Daughter. media. Hmm? Daughter. Yeah, I'm sorry. Yeah. Daughter. Sorry. That misgendered. I'm sorry. That, that was my fault. That was but, cool. Because I knew you knew. I yeah, knew. yeah, absolutely, absolutely. And you respected it. You respected her wishes. Which is a lot more than what a lot of you motherfuckers are, have been doing. And y'all should be ashamed of yourselves talking about a fucking 12-year-old child. Well, how does a child know that, who they are or what they want to do? Mm-hmm. Oh, my God. They hit a boozy dumbass. I'm saying, man, he's going to get but his dick cut off. Shut the fuck up. You don't up. know who you are, but when y'all were in middle school, y'all were chasing these little girls around the dance. Right. You was 12. You know what you some of y'all, Some of y'all already lost y'all virginity by 12. So, so, how, so how does Zayn not know what she wants? Now, whether you regret it or not is a different story, but realize that this isn't apples and oranges. This is how someone identifies going after what they want and being supported. And you shouldn't have anything to say about it, but even if you do, keep that to yourself. Right. I've had to gather a few people. That's all I'm going to say on that, because now I'm mad. Because, <laughs> and, and I'm going to tell you why I'm mad, because somebody else, uh, one, of my, one of my friends on Facebook posted something um, said that if my if, um if I ever have a son and he come in at twelve year old and tell me that he gay, I'm gonna tell him that he need to go in there and and lay down and think about his and, and think about it for what? I'm sure he has thought about it for a really long time before he came up to you, right? Because he knows that you're a homophobic dad. Who? <laughs> That's another part of the black experience, I and I and I I gotta bring it up right now because it talks about making it out. For black and brown queer people, that's another part of the black experience and of making it out where when we are able to break through the confines of a lot of times very small-minded areas, and I don't mean to be shady because all my family's from Statesville, I love my family to death, but I'm not going to say that I grew up feeling completely comfortable with being who I was Mm -hmm. because I knew that I was black and that I was gay at 12, at 11, at 10. But I couldn't be out with it. And so I didn't grow up and manifest into who I felt like I could have been if I lived in an area that had progressed past that in their social views. Mm -hmm. Because I'm not going to say that there's anything wrong with the social views there. I just, I felt constrained. And it wasn't until I really got to college where I started to understand that I could be black, I could be gay. I could be a nerd. Mm -hmm. I could love God in my own way and have my own relationship with God. Mm -hmm. And I could want to give back to my community and that I could be humble about it and didn't have to be better than anyone in my mind Mm -hmm. all together at once. And so it's like that was that was delayed where a lot of people who are straight and cis and who, you know, everyone can or feels like they can label them as the macho man. They grow up being affirmed constantly. Right. You want to be the biggest and the strongest, and you can be. You know, and it... I'm sorry, I went on a whole rant. No, because, but... <laughs> because one, of the, one of the points somebody was trying to make in all this is that, oh, it's the media fault. The media have been influencing the kids. Well, motherfucker, when, I'm a fucking 90s baby. I was literally born in 1990, right? 
all we had back then was fucking heterosexual relationships. So if that if TV is such a big influence, and I watch a lot of TV, I still watch a lot of TV. And you're trying to tell me that the media influenced me to be gay, even though all I saw was heterosexual stuff. I'm so you're telling me that now that we are actually having representation on TV for LGBTQ, it's it's all of a sudden everywhere when it's not everywhere. Or now that children have parents who are allowing them to be people. Right. You you expected Wayne Wade to be this cookie cutter person Black in person. your mind. You wanted him to be your A father. Cookie, right. You wanted him to be your father. You wanted him to be the one raising these strong, talented sons so that they would also go mm-hmm. into professional mm-hmm. basketball, yeah. you know, mm-hmm. and continue on his legacy and things like that. That's not your family. And you don't get to dictate how people grow up, especially those who are not in your family, because some of y'all don't even care about the people in y'all family. The only reason y'all care so much about Dwayne Wade is because he's famous, and somehow you think watching him has a connection to him. You don't get to tell him how to live his life. You don't. As far as I'm concerned, Dwayne Wade and Gabrielle Union are excellent parents. Excellent parents. And that's no shade. that's no shade to our parents, because... My dad and my mom have supported me over the years and taught me so much. Mm-hmm. I'm just saying we all lived in an area that wasn't as freeing living here in the Bible Belt. Right. And to grow up thinking that no matter how good you are, you're still going to hell over something that you didn't ask to be and something that you can't change, even if you don't act upon it. It's like... You, you grew up in this very terrified state. And when, mm-hmm. so when you mentioned PTSD, I felt that. Yeah. Because <laughs> listen, making make that also has to deal with, you know, identifying as LGBTQ in the black community is so, and this is, and the, the reaction that everybody gave to this situation is the exact reason why motherfuckers never come out. Mm-hmm. That's why people never come out. Because y'all, y'all, y'all be showing y'all true colors. And this is why it took me so long to come out. I was literally a sophomore in college. Like, I was literally a sophomore in college before I was, like you said, college taught me that I could be whoever I wanted to be mm-hmm. and not have to be not have to apologize for it. I can be unapologetically black. Right. And black is not just being black. Black, there are also subgenres of being black too. And right now, being black is conditional. And right. I fucking hate that shit. Being black is conditional. I think growing up in middle school, and I was teased by a lot of the black kids because I yeah. I wasn't the archetype of a black person. And then it's like, it wasn't until I grew older and I started to recognize. I was a very sensitive person, and I'm not blaming myself for it by any means. But I think I grew up in a very thick-skinned family. Mm-hmm. Same. And so it's like, I think I took a lot of it to heart when they were joking around, but they didn't realize because mm-hmm. I, I was like that, that I was a thin skin when I was the anomaly. I was the one that was going to cry, you know? Um, and so I think, I think I really worked hard to, especially when I went to A&T, to love my blackness again because my blackness was usually the rejection point because everything else that came behind black didn't fit right 
And so, you know, to kind of think about that now, it's like, how dare you now come and tell me that based on this one condition, I cannot be accepted into the black collective. You can be black, but you can't be gay. You can't. You can be black, but you definitely can't be trans. No. You, you can be black, but you can't like anime. Well, right. No, no, no. I lie. You can like anime now. Anime is cool for, for all the streets. Mm. So. Mm. Only one they probably know is Afro Samurai. <laughs> Which is dope, by the way. It's a great, great dope. anime. Great anime. But um, anyway, we we gone off on a tangent yeah. here, but it's gonna come back to our next topic, which right. has to do with relationships and not just romantic, but just our relationships with people, how we approach interaction. So, right. how did you feel growing up? Um, I guess to now how your interactions may have changed or how you approach people um life has taught me a lot about relationships and not even just relationships but just people in general and at the end of the day people are gonna do whatever they want to do mm-hmm. no matter what y'all said what y'all talked about what y'all agreed on people are gonna do whatever they want to do and i have that programmed in my head so whenever somebody is ready to walk out of my life, I'd be like, okay. Mm. And, but as far as building relationships, it really just depends. Um, it used to be pretty easy for me as, as a kid. You know, you just as a kid, you just walk up to somebody and just start yeah. playing with them and just be like, oh, well, what's your name? Hey, what's your name? Like, where you Can live? I play with your truck? Right. Okay. But as adults, it's just everybody is so, to me, so guarded and so, seclu- mm. and so secluded and, oh, well, no new friends, no new friends. And I'm just like, but that's not what being a human is about. Mm. And I think for me, I was never able to effectively learn how to build a romantic relationship. Like I was always pretty good at making friends, but not romantics. Like mm. I've only been in two official relationships um, in 29. I don't remember. It's like I had to watch them. Um, <laughs> Two relationships in 29 years, but who am I supposed to talk to about it? Neither one of my parents identify like that. Like none of my, mm-hmm. well, neither one of my siblings, as far as I know. Like, so, so who am I supposed to talk to? Like, Google, friends. Like that's that's where I learned a lot of a, a lot of stuff. Oh yeah, reading and just experience. But, and it's I I think it's funny saying that when you were like Google. I think we did end up having to look a lot of stuff up of just like, how do you know? Right. <laughs> I'm thinking about it like, how do you know if you're gay or help? I have a crush on my best friend. How do mm-hmm. I know if they might like me too? Or, you know, things like that. And it's funny things, but then you got to think about some of the old cheesy teenage love drama movies that we'd watch. And you'd always have like the straight boy or the straight girl. Always saying, oh, you know, like I'm in love with Danny. Why? How do I know if he loves me back? And, you know, Mm -hmm. mom's just like, you got to just go for it, darling, or something like that. (laughs) I'm sorry. I don't know where those voices (laughs) came from. But, you know, like those things like that and the lack of representation sometimes because our usual or what we think of as a black community is very, that's taboo. Like we don't talk about that and we don't we don't find you necessarily 
the right information. And that's also how some young people get preyed on. Mm-hmm. And they sometimes experiment far before they're actually ready mm-hmm. because they think that these images of what it is, because we're very, we're very sexualized. Yes. LG, especially black males. Yes. In general, black males, straight black males, gay are very sexualized beings. Um, and then black females are especially sexualized as well. Um, and so it's like other people view us that way sometimes. And so when you approach someone in a way that, you know, is non-sexual, they sometimes may get the wrong impression mm-hmm. just because of who you are. Mm-hmm. Um, but there's so much to, there's so much nuance in how those interactions can go with some people. But I just think it's unfortunate that there's so many like us who grew up black and gay in then for some of us, like us, who grew up black gang, I guess I'm a self-proclaimed black, black nerd. So it's black. like, I didn't fit in in any facet. You know, <laughs> I was geeky. I was gay. And I was fat. <laughs> so all of those kind of tied into my relationships. Usually, I was a very, I'm still a very friendly person. But now I've built up this distrust because I feel like mm-hmm. people have tried to take advantage of the niceness that I protrude because I wanted to be liked. Mm-hmm. I was a, you know, I was a kid and I f- didn't feel the best about myself. You know, I, you know, was young and naive, and I'm like, I want to be liked, and it like my relationships kind of ended up like I settled for stuff that was stupid, mm-hmm. but. Mm-hmm. So, for me, next steps um, after all of this is just to one, just kind of reevaluate my relationships, mm-hmm. romantic and personal, um, and just making sure that I'm taking the proper steps to get out of the struggle mm-hmm. and not constantly continue to be in it. Because at this point, I'm not working for myself; I'm working for other people. Mm-hmm. Um, and the reason the reason I, I took so much offense to this whole situation with with Zaya and the Wades is that excuse me is that that was me like back in the day like that was around the time when I was starting I was starting to first realize like do I really am I really attracted to boys mm-hmm. so to me if if you to me if you're disrespecting somebody like that then you're disrespecting me. And for anybody who feels like, you know, if you feel some type of way and you feel like that I shouldn't be disrespected, then Chris Brown, like, I mean, because to me, I mean, if because if you don't, if you don't, if you don't accept everybody for who they are, then 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 what? Then what do you do? Like. I don't purpose? understand why people waste so much time worrying about. Like, if it's not hurting you, just just let it go. Because at the end of the day, you still have some insurity about a lot of some uncertainty. Sorry, I said insurity. <laughs> some uncertainty about a lot of the things that y'all are saying. Y'all are just saying it because it seems popular to say it, mm-hmm. and it makes you look very rude, and it makes. It's a poor reflection on your raising and 
I know it sounds cliche. My mama didn't raise me better than that. But a lot of times, mama's raised you a whole lot better than what you're acting. But something has affected your mind to think if you're behind a keyboard, it doesn't have the same effect. Words have power. I'm telling you. We were talking about that the other day. Words have power. And you just, you don't, you don't forget what somebody said to you. Mm-mm. I still and, got some things. Okay. And one of the conversations, that's a whole other topic. That's another topic. Are we good? Well, um, I guess next steps for me, I think, is similar to what you said about continuing to work on fine ways to, quote unquote, get out the struggle. But I think we've started to realize more and more that we really have to build ourselves before we can build others up. Mm-hmm. Um, and it, it doesn't mean like we have to build this strong tower and then we hoist you up, but it may be, let me get a few of my bricks laid so I can step up and then right. help you up. Mm-hmm. Um, and so I think that's where we're going with that. And I think just working on being my authentic self, I think it took us a True. while to, and we're still young, but yeah. you know, it took us a while to, really start to understand who we are and I think I'm still working on liking me but I also realize that the facets of me like I said are able to work together in a way that maybe back in the 90s wasn't accepted Um, or maybe as a child I may have felt unaccepted but Mm -hmm. I'm an adult now and ain't nobody paying my bills but with that (laughs) Make sure you follow us on social media <laughs> at To Be Continued PC. That's on Instagram. That's also on Twitter. You can also find us on Facebook, To Be Continued Podcast. You can also find us on, guess it, YouTube. Come on, uh, To Be Continued Podcast. So make sure you look us up. Um, did I miss anything? No, but usually in the description of all of our videos, it has the links to everything else. So if you want to switch from video to podcasting, now that we got our better microphones. Um, definitely uh, feel free to follow the links in the description and talk to us in the comments as you can see we love talking to each other but we love talking to a bigger group as well so make sure you share give us your opinion and we'll definitely respond and I don't want anybody to think that I don't know how to agree to disagree because Mm -hmm. to me that is the most epic thing ever just agreeing to disagree okay so I'm over it you're obviously not going to get what I'm saying let's just agree to disagree Let's dead it and just move on. Right. But um, so until next time, and as always, this conversation is to be continued. Peace. P.S. Don't forget, next week we're gonna be talking about imposter syndrome, and hopefully on episode eight we will get into like some kinky stuff, like sex. I'm gonna tell my mama not to listen to that. But one. we gonna see. We gonna we gonna keep y'all posted. All right. Peace. Yeah.